Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., and your Houston Rockets managed to hold on in not one, but double overtime against Joel Embiid, James Harden, and the Philadelphia 76ers for the 132-123 win. Some huge key moments from pretty much every single player down the stretch of this game at the end of regulation, in the first overtime, in the second overtime. This young Houston Rockets team is learning how to finally close out games. We're going to break it all down for you coming up right here at Lockdown rockets this is mission control houston ignition sequence start the houston rockets select jalen green and jabari smith jr t-minus 15 seconds guidance is internal every time i step on that floor i'm coming you're getting somebody who's gonna come in with a chip on their shoulder somebody who's gonna come come in and compete from day one six five four three two one What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian, a credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Monday's host of the State of the Rockets podcast, as well as Rockets Watch. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, where you can help the show out tremendously by commenting, usually whatever you want below, but I have a special thing that I want you to, I want you to write the key moments from the end of regulation and overtime in this game against the Philadelphia 76ers, a huge double overtime win by your Houston Rockets against the 76ers, 132-123, outlasting Joel Embiid and James Harden in double OT. A gritty, grueling, exhausting win for your Houston Rockets. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. I want to go over the end of, like, I, that's where I want to start, is I mean, just the end of regulation, the insane sequences, the back and forths, the, the huge plays by the Rockets. That's where I want to start with this one, as well as focusing on. The individual games for Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., Al P., who played some phenomenal defense despite being in foul trouble. Tari Eason's insane impact off the Rockets bench, who is Tari Eason, your, Rock, your Locked on Rockets player of the game from this one. A huge spark in the third quarter for the Rockets. But let's start with let's start with just the the end of regulation, like kind of going through uh the ridiculous end multiple ends to this game and it kind of I want to start at 105 all because that's when this game really started to feel like a, a, I mean this game felt like a nail biter right it was it was you know with it it was a the definition of a crunch time game late all that but games tied 105 all you know under a few minutes to play and Jalen Green has a huge driving layup and one layup on none other than Joel Embiid himself, drives in, takes the contact, finishes, gets to the free throw line, ices the free throw. Rockets go up 3-108-105. James Harden comes back down immediately the following play. Step back three-pointer with under 90 seconds to play. Tied up 108 all. Teams are going back and forth after this. Jalen misses a shot. Offensive rebound. KPJ misses a shot. Sixers come back down. James Harden misses a shot. Rockets come back down. Full timeout. They drop a play. KPJ misses the step back three. Alpi has a chance to tip it in. Can't get it to go. It's still 108 all, right? Nobody's scored for like 60 seconds. Sixers have the ball. 
with full shot clock to work with, and they come down, and it very much feels like James Harden is about to drill a dagger game winner and just shove a heart through all the fans in Houston. James Harden's dancing on KPJ, pulls up for his step-back three-pointer, and KPJ blocks James Harden at the end of regulation. A game-saving block by Kevin Porter Jr. Gives the Rockets three seconds of clock to work with at the end of regulation. Rockets draw up a play for Jalen Green, misses the 28-foot contested three-pointer, and we are headed to our first overtime period. So that is the first play, the bit, well, First two plays, Jalen Green's and one drive on Embiid and the huge game-saving block by Kevin Porter Jr. Those are the first two big-time key moments by the Rockets at the end of regulation and as we navigate into the first overtime period. Rockets' response started you know, strong at the top of overtime, right? Al P got a quick bucket. Joel Embiid gets a couple free throws. Jabari gets the free throw line on a three-point foul but only hits one out of the three, which is a little bit disappointing. Coming back down, Tobias Harris hits a shot. Then Jabari Smith Jr. hits a huge three-pointer to put the Rockets up to 114-112. De'Anthony Melton responds with a three-pointer of his own, 114 or 115-114. Rockets are down. Jalen Green hits a little two-foot, you know, layup. Joel Embiid comes back down, hits a pull-up midi. It's 117-116. You go back and forth, some missed shots, some turnovers back and forth. And then it comes down to the final play of the game. Rockets call a full timeout. They have seven and a half seconds to work with. And Kevin Porter Jr. drives the ball in on none other than Joel Embiid. I mean, completely challenging the big man. Attacks him, draws the foul, his sixth. Joel Embiid draws his sixth foul on this play. Doc Rivers challenges it. There's not a chance in hell that challenge is going to pass. I mean, Embiid completely clobbered KPJ. And KPJ makes it to the free throw line. Fouling out Embiid was cute, was crucial, right? Because the Rockets n- were struggling to slow him down. They were doing an admirable job, but it's Embiid, right? Getting him out of the game and not having him there for the second OT is the reason that the Rockets won this game. KPJ makes it to the free throw line. He hits the first one, ties it up at 117. Misses the second one. Alpi has a chance to tap it in, misses it. Sixers recover the ball with 1.2 left on the clock. James Harden gets a chance to win the game with just a second left. Is unfor- well, is unable to do so. 117 all. Double overtime in Houston. Another five minutes of free basketball. And this was where the Rockets completely broke this game open at the top of double OT. Eric Gordon hits a huge three-pointer at the top of double OT to make it 120-117. Then Kevin Porter Jr. hits a big three of his own to make it 123-117. Sixers respond. P.J. Tucker, it looks like he hits a three. It's a two-pointer. Still a four-point game. KPJ comes down, gets fouled, hits a couple free throws. And then 76ers James Harden makes a step back with about a minute and a half to go in double OT. And you're thinking, okay, this is the 76ers push. It's a three-point game. Jabari Smith Jr., huge three-pointer assisted by Jalen Green. Just no hesitation. Jalen whips in the ball on the perimeter. Jabari immediately elevates, rises up, drains it, makes it 128-122. Rockets have a two-possession lead. And... At that point, it's like you're able to start breathing just a little bit, just a little bit. Jalen Green drives the ball in with about 40 seconds to go, gets fouled, hits a couple free throws. It's 130-123, and then, God, I I love him, but man, Jalen, right? The Rockets forced a turnover on James Harden. Jalen Green takes off in transition. 
and he tries to lob the pass up to KJ Martin, who's in in the game for Alper and Shingun, who fouled out at this point, and just all, like completely bobbles it. Like it was such a risky pass play, whatever. Uh, I mean. In my mo- in the moment, I was like, "Hey, Jalen, why?" Like that's that was my immediate reaction. Uh, just go for the safe, like drive it in, get the bucket yourself. Like don't like the unselfishness in there is it's admirable, but please don't do that. Um, Rockets come back down, and they're able to actually get the 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 blow away kiss, whatever the the bow wrapped on the game. KJ Martin, two, you know, just has a dunk dimed up by KPJ to, to put the exclamation point on this win, if you will. An insane sequence from the end of regulation through overtime by the Houston Rockets, responding to the Philadelphia 76ers, closing this game out in a big way, responding to the moments where the 76ers did jump out ahead a little bit, a huge moment by Kevin Porter Jr. to foul out Joel Embiid, which changed the complexion of this game in the favor of the Houston Rockets, a big time win. Now the Rockets fourth win in their last seven games, they've picked up tough wins against the Hawks, the Suns, now the 76ers. This is a young Rockets team that is starting to learn how to close out games against good quality opponents. And that's exactly what you want to see. That's the kind of growth you want to see out of a young team coming up. I do want to focus in on the individual performances from Jalen green, Kevin Porter jr. How they looked as this game went throughout the evening, not just, you know, their insane plays at the end of, uh, at the end of this one, as well as Tari Eason, his impact as your locked on rockets player of the game, a huge third quarter impact from Tari Eason. We're going to take a look at all that. But first today's episode is brought to you by prize picks. Next game, let's take Jalen Green to score more than 26.5 points. How about Alper and Shingun to have more than 8.5 rebounds? We'll do the under on KPJ on 3.5 turnovers. And then Jabari Smith Jr., we'll take the over on 4.5 three-point. Actually, that might be a bit aggressive. But you know what? We're going to go with it. Over 4.5 three-pointers for Jabari Smith Jr. So what is prize picks, right? How does prize picks work? Basically, you pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times back on your money on any entry that you submit no competing against other people it's just you versus the projections available prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch that's nba nfl nhl pga college football you name it prize picks will have offers for you entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that simple they offer safe and fast withdrawals download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 with promo code locked on if you deposit 100 bucks PriceFix will give you 100 bucks. If you deposit 50 bucks, PriceFix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, let's focus in on some of the individual performances by your Houston Rockets in this game against the Philadelphia 76ers. This grueling game. I mean, just half court play, slow it down. At one point I was looking at the game charts and I I lost it because I want to say there were, what was it? Zero points. Um, Yeah. Zero fast break points for Philly, 
only four fast break points for the Rockets in this game. That's how slow-paced this game was, ultimately. Uh, Rockets had 94 shot attempts. 76ers had 87 shot attempts. There were a million whistles blown in this game. This was just a, like, muddy, gross, slow-it-down-whatever kind of game. And that's very much Philadelphia 76ers basketball. And, and the Rockets managed to hold on and, and take the win. Jalen Green in this game. 27 points, 9 of 20 shooting, 0 of 7 from deep. Couldn't hit a single three-pointer in this game, but was just dominant inside the arc. Was 9 of 10 at the free throw line, 90% free throw shooting. Had four boards, had seven assists, had a steal, the one we talked about already, that they won at the end of double OT uh, against James Harden. That then turned into the really questionable, uh, unselfish play. Uh, and then seven turnovers. Uh, the turnovers need to get cleaned up, right? But that's kind of the unfortunate side effect of, of allowing Jalen the leash to try and grow him as a playmaker and to get him more reps on ball and to let him kind of steer the offense for stretches. He's going to have turnovers, right? The encouraging sign, uh, he had three assists to just one turnover across both overtime periods. So I think that is really encouraging. And some of the turnovers he's having, right, are, are ones that, you know, the travel calls, things like that, those can be cleaned up. Those are unforced, careless turnovers that he's just got to be better at. Um, the turnovers where he's trying to create for his teammates, where he's trying to deliver a pass, whatever, and it just gets tipped or, you know, it's a you know, slight miscommunication, whatever, timing is off. Those are understandable, and I think those are okay turnovers for, for Jalen Green or, and by extension, Kevin Porter Jr., right? Guys who handle the rock as much as those two guys do you're gonna have turnovers right but there's a difference between good turnovers and bad turnovers Jalen in this game I thought did an incredible job getting downhill against the 76ers at a glance you're like okay 9 of 20 shooting he was 0 of 7 from 3 so he's 9 of 13 inside the arc it's actually even better than that because he wound up going 9 of 10 he went 9 of 10 at the free throw line. He also went 9 of 10 in the paint against the Sixers. Going 9 of 10 against a team that has Joel Embiid patrolling the painted area is really, really impressive. I mean, he had some, like, the little, like, slicing where he, like, cuts through the defense from the strong side and, like, gets to the opposite side of the rim and does this, like, huh, like, I don't even know, like, the slicing reverse, like, dot right hand layup that he does because it's not like he switches to his left hand and does like the the usual like spin it off the glass you know on the opposite side of the backboard he does this like cutting motion where he like contorts his body and finishes off the glass I, I don't know how he does it but he had a couple of those this game and some really other like just impressive finishes in the paint against the Sixers. I thought this was a really impressive game from Jalen Green. He made it a point to get going downhill. He made it a point to absorb contact and get to the free throw line. Again, nine free throws made out of his 10 trips. Uh, the Rockets, it really felt like they were thriving uh, at the free throw line in this game really understanding that if they force the issue, right, which KPJ was forcing this issue, Jabari early in this game had like his first six points were all at the charity stripe because he just kept, they were running off the three-point line and he just kept driving the ball in and absorbing contact and getting to the free throw line. So if this Rockets team can start to understand, hey, if they force the issue, right, if they initiate contact, if they make referees blow the whistle, they're going to start getting the benefit of the doubt on these calls and they'll be able to, especially in games where the shooting, you know, percentages aren't quite in their favor or where things really slow down and get, you know, into this like grinded out half court affair type offense, then they can lean on that to, you know, kind of 
get them through some moments where the where the shots aren't falling or buckets are hard to come by. Being able to get to the free throw line is a really, really important skill for any NBA team. And seeing Jalen Green have moments like this where he basically feels like he can get to the cup at will and get to the free throw line at will, that's what's going to continue to make him an unstoppable offensive presence in you know in this league as well as the the added playmaking all of that great to see kpj the other side of the houston rockets backcourt i thought a really strong night from kpj um felt very even for much of the evening um 24.7 of 17 shooting you'd like to be you'd like to see the efficiency inside the arc be a little bit better he was four of eight shooting overall from outside the arc which means he was just uh, three of nine inside the arc. Some of those, like, you know, mid-range contested twos are not, you know, not the best, but he was also getting to the free throw line at a solid rate, just like Jalen. Got there eight times, hit six of them, had the big foul, you know, had the, had the big drive and the subsequent foul on Joel Embiid to get Embiid out of the game, which I thought was huge. Uh, five boards, six assists, or sorry, I apologize. Uh, six, six boards, three assists, had a steal, had a block, four turnovers. You know, just, it was, I think, a game where KPJ let a lot of the offense kind of come to him, wasn't necessarily forcing the issue until that overtime period where he, there were some moments where KPJ was like, all right, I've got this, right? Like, I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll make sure I get us, you know, get us the foul, get us the free throws, get us the shots, whatever. Um, it would have been really big for KPJ to hit that second free throw and to just ice the game at the free throw line and, and give the Rockets the 118-117 win at the end of the first overtime period. That missed free throw, a little, you know, unfortunate, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna condemn KPJ for it because that play in and of itself was huge to have the the wherewithal, the recognition to drive, to challenge Embiid, to force Embiid to foul him, right? Like it was a strong drive by KPJ. And he had some some really strong drives in this game with some tough finishes. But to, to understand the gravity of the situation in that moment and to make that happen, to deliver in the final seconds with all the weight of the game on your shoulders, right? Because the game was not tied, right? The Rockets were down 117-116. Everything was on KPJ. And had KPJ driven and gotten blocked by Embiid or turned the ball over or had Embiid not been whistled for the foul and KPJ missed the shot, like... Everybody would have been mad at KPJ, right? This would have been the, oh my God, KPJ, bad drive, whatever. That would have been the reaction and it would have been unfair because KPJ has time and time and again kind of shouldered these these weighty moments in crunch time for the Rockets because there are moments where Silas draws something up for EG or Silas tries to get something for Jalen. But KPJ feels like the most consistent guy for the Rockets in these high leverage situations where you need a bucket, you need a shot, and KPJ is the guy who can self-create with the most consistency, besides Alper and Shingoon, on this Rockets team. But you're not going to go to LP like one-on-one against Embiid in the closing moments of a game. That's that's not how that's going to work, uh, at least not on this Rockets team. But KBJ, right? He can get to the step back. He can drive. He can get downhill. He can he can you know suck in the defense and, and kick it back out to a teammate. So that's why he's the point guard, right? That's why the offense runs through him a lot. And I really did feel like this was a really quality overall game from KPJ on his way to to his twenty four points and some of the big moments again. And I, I didn't even mention the the block on James Harden at the end of regulation, right? He the defense that KPJ was playing late in this game, especially against James Harden, there were. Plenty of moments over the course of the game, you know, 
blown defensive coverages. Jalen really needs Jalen really needs to work on his defense. Um, but you know, missed rotations, missed assignments, giving up open threes, whatever. But the way that KPJ dialed in defensively late against James Harden at the end of regulation and in the two overtime periods, I thought was really impressive as well. He keyed in on James Harden and and made everything super difficult for him. James still finished with 21 points, but it took him 19 shots to get there. I mean, James had 19 shots. He was four of 19 from the floor. Uh, only shots that he was hitting were threes. He was four of 11 from distance. And then he had nine of 10 at the charity stripe. So James Harden's first game back in a month, a bit of a clunker for him. And KPJ definitely made him work for it down the stretch of this game. Coming up, I do want to talk about Tari Eason, his huge impact off the Houston Rockets bench. How Alperin Shingun with five fouls was still able to be aggressive and, you know, impactful on the defensive end and making things happen in the rebounding department. Going to get there in just one moment. And final segment here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, we don't usually hold the Locked on Rockets player of the game until the third segment. It usually feels like the player of the game warrants the discussion at the top of the show, but because of the way that this game played out with the double OT and the impact from Jalen and and, and KPJ, uh, I, I did have to talk about those guys and their impact of the game first, but Tari Eason, man, was so good in this game, had a huge third quarter on his way to his overall really impressive night. So Tari finished the night 18 points, 7 of 11 shooting, was 2 of 3 from long distance, hit a couple free throws, had 6 rebounds, had 3 steals and a block off the Rockets bench in 21 minutes of run. He even got some crunch time minutes at the end of regulation as the Rockets were, you know, as Steven Silas was going through his substitution patterns and was waiting to get Alperin Shingun and, and Eric Gordon back in the game for the closing stretch of regulation. Usually it feels like, you know, Gary Bird as of late has kind of been that guy filling the Eric Gordon role at the three spot, or sometimes it's KJ Martin in those closing moments uh, while EG is getting his, you know, his final rest before the closing stretch. And in this game, Tari Eason got the, got the nod. It was Gary Bird for a little bit. Tari Eason got a couple minutes there in, in the fourth quarter, and then EG and LP checked back in. But that shows a level of trust from Steven Silas and the fact that, you know, Tari, his impact in this game was huge, especially again in that third quarter. Tari had 11 of his 18 points in the third quarter, was perfect from everywhere. Had, was 4-4 from the floor, hit a three-pointer, hit his two free throws in that quarter, and above all else, right, it's just nice to see Tari hitting the layups, right? Because that has been uh, kind of really the, I feel like the one of the only drawbacks to his game so far as, you know, like the steal of the draft is he has moments where he's just a little out of control, right? Moving a little bit too quick, trying to do a little bit too much offensively. And he'll have layups that he just, you know, he'll smoke a layup, get the offensive board, smoke another layup. And those are frustrating, right? Because you're like, man, if you could just like dial it back for a second, right? slow it down, whatever, focus on the finish. You know, he could have, you know, 20 a night. And that's what he did in this way. He had 18 off the bench. He was one point shy of his career high off the bench in this game. 
And he gave the Rockets a huge spark in that third quarter, a third quarter where the Rockets were able to, uh, you know, they maintain, they had the, the, the slim lead at halftime, 56, 55. They had a 34 to 29 third quarter. So, a, you know, plus five in the third quarter. And again, Tari 11 uh, of those 34 points for the Rockets, a big time third quarter. So that is your locked on Rockets player of the game. And he had moments, I mean, just him playing the passing lanes, his length, his size. Uh, I, I really felt like, you know, over the course of this game, there's only really so much you could do to try and slow down Joel Embiid. He's just, he's a monster. Um, 39 points, 12 of 21 shooting, was 14 of 17 at the free throw line. Like, there's there's only so much you can do, right? I asked Tari after the game how he felt that they the Rockets handled the, the, the physicality of Joel Embiid. And I'll have the video up on the uh, the you know my media YouTube page. But Tari goes, "As a you know we did, he's like I, I felt like we handled about as good as you could hope. I mean, it's, it's, he goes, that's a big dude. Pause. He, Tari paused himself during an interview, <laughs> during a presser. I about lost it. I, like the camera shook because I was I didn't have my tripod to record the interview, and I did not I could not believe my ears when I heard him pause himself in the middle of the interview. So that was a fun little moment from Tari Eason postgame, reveling in, in his impact and how the Rockets dealt with Embiid. But uh, at the core of dealing with Embiid in this game was Alperin Shingun, who did ultimately foul out in this game, but he had eight points, eight rebounds, had an assist, four of nine shooting. But Alpi's biggest impact on this game was on the glass and defensively, right? He had five offensive rebounds in this game. And on top of that, Alpi also, I think, did a really admirable job when he did pick up his fifth foul, playing over the course of, you know, the end of regulation and the couple overtime periods. Playing with five fouls is tough, right? And Steven Silas talked about this. Playing with five fouls, right, or playing in foul trouble in general, right? You, you have two fouls in the first quarter, three fouls in the second quarter, whatever. When you're in foul trouble, there's a tendency to not be as aggressive, right? To, to, to lay off a little bit and to suddenly you're going to start giving stuff up left and right, right? Especially if you're a big, if you're the center on the floor, you're going to start to be less physical. You're going to stop contesting shots. You're going to stop going for, you know, fighting for rebounds, all that, because you don't want to pick up that final foul. Al P didn't do that. Al P stayed aggressive, stayed physical, and was still fighting with Joel Embiid relentlessly, trying to make stuff difficult for him. And I think that the Rockets, especially in the overtime period, they limited Embiid to just four points. He had a couple turnovers. There were some good plays where Embiid tried to like face up and the help side defense comes over. I think the Rockets did a good job of giving Alpi help at certain points in this game to try and, you know, make Embiid uncomfortable or, or force him to, you know, kick the ball out to somebody else. Embiid had five turnovers over the course of this game. James Harden had seven turnovers in this game. So I think, you know, collectively the Rockets did do a good job of kind of forcing those two guys to be uncomfortable when they had the basketball or when they started you know, when James was getting downhill or when Embiid was looking to post up, forcing the ball out of their hands, that kind of stuff. I asked Jalen, you know, how big it was for Al P to be able to play uh, with those five fouls and, and keep things competitive and, and stay aggressive despite having, you know, being in foul trouble. And Jalen, you know, gave a really insightful answer. He was like, I, you know, he's like, I talk with Al P all the time. I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, I, I talk with Al P all the time and, and tell him that he can, he can do more than score, right? Like he can impact the game 
defensively, right? He can help us out on that end. He can rebound. He can, and so Jalen is is encouraging LP, you know, motivating him to be an impactful player aside from just what they know that he can do offensively. And I think that's good. I think that's important growth for LP because yeah, there's times where. Alp can dominate offensively, and I definitely would still like to see the Rockets utilize his offensive skill set more than they do, you know, occasionally. Because there's games like like this one where it felt like they didn't really ever let Alp try to be Alp, and maybe it's not the best idea against a Joel Embiid. But at the same time, give him a couple possessions to see, you know, see what's up. Um, maybe he draws a couple extra fouls on Embiid, right? Maybe you foul out Embiid in the fourth quarter instead of in the, you know, uh, instead of overtime. So. All in all, though, I thought it was a really impressive defensive performance from Alper and Jungun, really holding his own against, you know, an MVP caliber talent in Embiid. And then elsewhere for the Rockets, Jabari Smith Jr. I mean, he's he's really starting to kind of come into his own. Really strong night from him. 16 points, 11 boards, had a block. Uh, I believe the block he had was on James Harden. Like, he he drilled that big-time three-pointer and then came down on the other end and got a, got a stop on James Harden, which was a nice little sequence for Jabari. Was three of eight, just three of eight shooting overall. Three of six from downtown. Was seven of nine at the free throw line. The 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 you know nine free throw attempts is huge for Jabari. He's not a guy you expect to get to the line a lot. So for him to be finding ways to be aggressive, attacking off closeouts, getting to the free throw line, really encouraging sign for him. Um, there is no reason that Jabari Smith Jr. should have only eight shot attempts in a given game. Like, I'm sorry. Like, especially when you look at the guys off the bench, right? KJ had seven shot attempts. Uh, Garrison Matthews had five shot attempts. At one point, Jabari Smith Jr. had the same number of shot attempts as Garrison Matthews. To me, that's a bit inexcusable. The Rockets need to... I, I understand that the goal is to run a majority of their offense through Jalen and, and to a lesser degree, uh, KPJ, who gets, you know, a lot of... You know, KPJ gets a lot of, like, broken down possessions where things, you know whatever, and it just kind of devolves into an isolation. So it's like, it's up to KPJ to make something happen. But so they're going to get a brunt of the the shot volume for the Rockets. But Jabari is such a good shooter. They need to tap into that more, right? They need to find ways. And I, I just, I desperately want to see them drawing up plays for Jabari Smith Jr., right? Draw up a play to get him, you know, running a baseline route or something. Get him in motion. He can do it. I, I, I think he can do it. Um, and I just want to see it, right? Because right now they're just not doing it, right? The shots that Jabari gets are just basically within the flow of the offense. Defender sags off of him. Or sometimes, you know, the the pull-up threes have been fantastic, right? Where Jabari walks it up in transition and just drains a three. Um, those have been incredible to see. But that's, like, realistically, that's, like, the, the one way Jabari can generate his offense unless he's getting to the free throw line, which, again, was a welcome surprise in this game. Uh, I thought Bruno did an admirable job as well, trying to deal with the size of Embiid. He had six points, eight boards off the bench. Garuba, only six minutes in this game, understandably. Um, you know, Silas kind of lining up Garuba's minutes in the spots where Embiid wasn't on the floor. Um, and then K.J. Martin, uh, he was almost in the running for Locked on Rockets player of the game as well. He had 14 points, three boards, an assist off the Rockets bench. Just KJ being KJ, right? Some strong drives, strong finishes, energy off the bench, defense, hustle, all of it. Um, he gives you he gives you a lot off the Rockets bench. Um, really, really quality night for him as well. Uh, quiet nights for Garrison Matthews and Dacian Nix off of the Rockets bench. Gary Burgess, one of five shooting. And then Dacian Nix only attempted one shot from the floor. Did have three assists. Had a turnover. You know, 
at this point with Dacian Nix, just kind of like, as long as he's not actively harming the Rockets on the floor, I'm kind of content with the minutes that he gives them because it's just, you know, 10 to 15 minutes every night backing up KPJ. Um, I don't know. I... I don't want to say I'm out on the Knicks experiment, but Ty Ty Washington got called up from the G League, and there was a part of me that really thought we might get a chance to see him in this game, and we did not. Uh, but maybe Ty Ty being called up from the G League is a sign that Dacian Knicks' days may be numbered uh, based on how well Ty Ty was playing at the G League, and maybe they're getting ready to swap out those backup guard minutes and give Ty Ty a crack at it moving forward. So with that, Really impressive win by the Houston Rockets against the Philadelphia 76ers. I want you in the YouTube comments, if you're watching on YouTube, rank the key moments to close out this game. Jalen Green's and one on Joel Embiid. KPJ blocking Harden. KPJ uh, and his drive to foul out Joel Embiid from this game. Jabari Smith Jr.'s huge three-pointers. Just let me know. Rank them in the YouTube comments. I'll read each and every one of those. But as always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app, free and available on all podcast platforms. Also on YouTube, go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.